What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Gene Sports. I'm with my main man, Rohan. How's it going, Rohan? Hey, man. I'm doing good. Glad to be back. And uh, a lot's going on, so it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely, man. It's interesting because the draft, we didn't get to talk much after the draft. I've been super busy with, with school, um, teaching. Everything's kicking my butt right now. Uh, but I guess we can sort of get into this by talking the draft. Did the Niners get better after the draft? That's a good question, right? I mean, obviously, if you're just comparing before the draft and after the draft, you add talent. You're expecting to get better. The question is, did they get better compared to what they've lost this offseason and compared to other teams? I think that's the bigger question. And I'll say this. I don't think they had one of the best drafts in the class. Now, that's understandable. They didn't have a top first-round pick or second-round pick. But even within their own confines, I thought their draft was about average. Liked a lot of the later-round picks, but I thought when you average it out for value based per round, I thought it was only average based on a couple of the earlier-round picks. I would... Oh, I think I might have froze. You might have froze. We good. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with you in the sense of in the sense of where they drafted. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, Marco, you gotta realize because I was I was very critical of the draft. Um but I felt like they had enough third had enough third rounders to make an impact. And they passed on a lot of good players that are gonna be day one starters in the NFL. Um, so that's where I was confused with this draft class. Um, but sorry if I cut you off. I know it seems kind of glitchy. Uh, might be my internet. Let me go ahead and. No, we good. We good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but I mean, you said it, right? Um, critical of the draft. That was also a part of my take initially, right? Being a little more critical about the draft, just because I thought that there was different avenues they could have gone in the earlier rounds. And they chose, obviously, to take a kicker, and then they chose to take a 
Uh, they chose to take a a tight end and- who I thought could have gone later. And am I mad about the tight end position? No. Would have liked a lot a couple of other players on the board. Thought that, that was a later pick. And overall, just uh, an interesting third round after what I deem to be a good selection to begin it with Jair Brown. Yeah, like they got better at safety, but besides that, realistically, it's kind of hard to say they got better as a team. Like when you look at players that got right at went right after Jake Moody and Cameron Latu, I loved the Brown pick. I was a great. I even if the the trade up. I didn't care for the trade-up. I thought he would have fell to 99. Uh, but I love them going after their guy. Like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of if that is your guy, go get him, right? Like, don't wait for him to fall and get snagged right before you. But players that went right after that I thought could have been day one starters for the 49ers, Keely Ringo, uh, no, uh, defensive tackle from Northwestern, Adam Bauer, you wouldn't have been a day one starter. But a double war, yeah. A, a double war. He would have been quality quality depth at the defensive tackle position um a couple other guys that went after them i think blake freeland went in that range too right right in the fourth round blake freeland offensive tackle who could potentially be competing at right tackle but just looking at it it's like it was kind of underwhelming in the sense of they didn't get better on draft day right just because you add guys doesn't make it make the team better None of those guys are going to come in immediately and start. I don't think Brown comes in and starts immediately over. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Deshaun Gibson. Deshaun Gibson. Jake Moody might be the most playable guy right now because you took him in the third round and he's a kicker. But besides that, I do not think the 49ers got better after the draft. Now, the biggest thing is some other teams lost valuable players throughout free agency. Some of those teams also got a lot better in the draft. Now, the whole purpose of this is, are the 49ers the favorites in the NFC after the draft, right? So, I'm going to let you take the wheel and let you steer us afloat and and dictate the conversation today, Rohan. Yeah, I mean, I I think when you talk about it, one thing specifically about the draft that I want to point out I know we were on stream that night and we were suggesting a couple of players and after they weren't selected in the third round, I was wondering maybe our evaluations are off compared to NFL teams. Maybe they don't feel differently, but we were proven wrong. You see the fourth round hit the first three, four names, Nick Salvidieri, uh, the offensive tackle goes at one Oh three. Uh, the New York saints trade up from one Oh nine to get him. Then at 104, I think Vegas traded up to get a corner that I liked as well. Ja'Korian Bennett, would I have taken him maybe there? Yeah, maybe not without a trade-up, but regardless, him there, Keely Ringo there at 105. The Eagles continue to just get rich. And then the Colts take Blake Freeland at 106. And the one thing I'll say, those first three picks were all trade-ups. The Saints traded up from 109. The the Raiders traded up from, uh, uh, I forget exactly where, uh, for Ja'Korian Bennett, and the Eagles traded a 2024 third-round pick for that 105. They were that high on Keely Ringo before the Colts took Blake Freeland. Each of those four players, you traded up. There was value to trade up for them, and the one thing I'll say, if you were that confident in your guys, trade down, you'll still be able to get them. The board clearly proved that, especially a tight end. Uh, not one tight end was selected 
before the fifth round, and the 49ers took one at the end of the round three. 147 at Josh Wiley to the Indianapolis Colts was the next tight end selected after 99. I just think it was just a complete misevaluation of the board, understanding they had a lot of tight ends that were better in my opinion, than Cam Latu, or at least better value that was where they were selected. And the one thing, the one gripe that I have about the tight end position, I wanted a guy who could potentially supplant George Kittle in the future. Not saying that they should be ready at all right now, but you've at least got to get the archetype, which is a solid athlete mm-hmm. with good blocking capability, but the potential to grow into a pass catcher. Latu isn't a solid athlete. He's an all right blocker, but he also has an 11.1% drop rate which is concerning in his career because you don't necessarily have the hands. And so without polish necessarily, without polished route running and with uh, with a need to at least develop into more of a uh, receiving threat apart from apart from the red zone because he, he got a good amount of touchdowns, eight touchdowns, I think that the upside with this pick is limited. He's solid in every area. Just I don't think the upside is necessarily there at that night, uh, at that tight end at 101. I would percent agree in the sense of the Niners. I didn't think I didn't think my evaluations were 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 wrong even when after they picked because what the Niners needed was their quarterback room is weak. Let's be straight up with it; it's weak, right? You have obviously you have Tarverius Ward, who's a very phenomenal corner, but Demo struggles, plays well, struggles, plays well, and as of late, he's played well. So is he going to struggle again? Possibly. But if you look at the nickel spot, it's a guy they signed, Isaiah Oliver, in the free agency. Um, he, he's leading the way. Um, you also have uh, Samuel Womack, last year's draft pick. But I thought Demo was the best option to play in the nickel. If you take Keely Ringo, that is a guy a lot of people had going early in the second round. So if you get that pick, that's a steal, right? Now, the Niners are just in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, realistically, how much better can they get via the draft, right? Not much, right? Because this is a deep team. So, you're expecting guys to be players that they utilize in the within the next couple of years. However, when you have guys that are guys that could potentially come in and start for you immediately, guys like Blake Freeland, who... In my opinion, I wasn't high on him, but I think he could. I think a better player than Colton McKivitz. You could draft that kind of guy and steal for the future because he could play left tackle or right tackle, and he needs a year to develop. But he could play now. He and the thing, yeah, right. no, I was gonna add. I didn't like the justification they they gave for either not selecting a tackle or the kicker. For tackle, they said they didn't believe that. They could, um, whoever they drafted could beat out anybody on their roster. Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor are not good at tackle. Matt Pryor was not good. He was pretty poor as a starter last year, which is why he's in the position he is right now. Jalen Moore has been really, really poor at tackle. He's a better guard, has been poor at tackle. To me, the 49ers right now don't have a backup caliber option on their roster that I would feel really comfortable starting games next year. I understand one is experienced, the other is young. I don't feel comfortable with either of them. Blake Blake Freeland or Nick Salvidieri, both of them who are available and I think would have been fine at 99 or 101, 
they're both available. I thought they both could have filled that role. I didn't like that justification. I thought at least they'd have a chance to beat out at least Jalen Moore because you likely carry, you know, three to four tackles on the roster depending on the versatility. But even if it's three, I still had a good feeling that they could beat out Matt Pryor, um, who who hasn't been good when he has started, especially last year with the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's just, to me, it was just mind-boggling because even after, like, when you when you take a look at some of the guys that, that kept going um, later in the fourth round, I thought Cameron Young from Mississippi State was a defensive, a defensive tackle that was solid. But the player that I was shocked that they didn't go after at that 103 spot, but they ended up getting an edge rusher later was Isaiah McGuire. So for me, yeah, he fell, man. He fell to 126. So, like, when you look at what the Niners did eventually, right, they eventually end up getting DeVal Luther, which I loved. You know, I had him in that 101, yeah. 103 range. Um, I even I said I, I mocked him there a couple of times. Um, I thought he was a guy that was going to go in the top 100. Um, so, to get him, I thought that was a phenomenal pick. And then they get Robert Beal, um, some edge depth. I thought that was a, a solid pickup. Nothing crazy. He's a guy you're going to have to develop. Um you're going to have to try to mold. Um, and that's something for Chris Kaserik to handle, right? Chris Kaserik is one of those guys that is capable of doing it. But I felt like when you're looking for an edge rusher or someone opposite of Nick Bosa, when you could get better players that are already – they could come in and, and, and provide quality reps in year one. Um, I thought the 49ers missed there. However – I really do like the Robert Bill pick. I'm not I'm not bashing that pick at all. And then they go D Winters, a linebacker, and then take another linebacker later in on um Graham. And Jalen Graham, yeah. And that was interesting to me. That didn't make too much sense um for me. But that was one of the last picks. Before that, they also took Braden Willis. Um I also for me it's interesting, right? Moro Ojomo goes right after Braden Willis. Um Ronnie Bell at 253. So when I'm taking a look at this, I'm like, Alex Forsythe just went right after to the Denver yeah. Broncos. So, like, there's players that the 49ers could have taken and they could have probably have helped year one. Um, interesting stuff. So we got Greg uh, Khan saying, I would agree. I would argue that they solidified their depth to the point where it should mitigate some of the handicaps the NFL schedule awarded the 49ers. Along the with along with the grueling 17 game season, none of the players they play, or none of the players they drafted should get quality reps. They really shouldn't, uh, which is concerning because third round players, in my opinion, even though it's a comp, should be players that could contribute immediately. And what I mean by immediately is be a quality backup. I don't see any of the players we took being quality backups in that range. When you look at Jake Moody, obviously he'll be a starter. Um, I think Brown should eventually, I think he should start by the end of the year. I just don't see that happening because of the, the veteran presence. I think he has the, he has the talent to start, but obviously with the veteran presence of Gibson, he'll be a year two starter. They wanted a true leader to fit the Ford role. Um, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. Um, Greg is predicts Graham will start over winners. I think they both of those guys got to compete to start over Marcelio Ball. Like, if we're being honest, Mar- Marciliano Ball might be better than both of those players. So it's interesting. Um, but the main point here is 
Did the Niners get over the hump of the NFC Championship? Will they make it into the Super Bowl? Are they a contending team? Or are they a pretender, right? Now, right. the reason why I say pretender is we still don't know who's quarterback. Whether it's Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, um, Sam Darnold. Are those quarterbacks good enough? I don't know. We don't know what Trey Lance is yet. And and I'm a big supporter of Trey Lance, and I admit that. Um, Brock Purdy's coming off a UCL injury. Um, I don't think he is the quarterback of the future. Um, I've been very vocal of that. And Sam Darwin has played 55 games, and he's shown absolutely nothing to show for it. Okay, yeah, some nice spectacular throws. That's cool, but that doesn't win you games. He doesn't win. He turns the ball over. So realistically, the quarterback position is possibly might not be as good as it was last year. There's a chance. But then when you look at the other teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, those two teams got better in the draft, especially the Philadelphia Eagles. They got much better in the draft. So the biggest concern is, are they the favorites in the NFC right now? I think so. I, I, I think so. Just because there's more certainty around them. However, I, I, I still have good good confidence in the 49ers, regardless of their quarterback situation. Just because, like you said, we didn't expect coming out of the draft that any player, maybe outside of a kicker, would be a week one starter. Because this team's infrastructure is already set in stone. And so to me, that's why I think this team is already strong. The Eagles definitely got better. And again, for them, I think a good amount of their uh, their picks could be quality rotational players. I think that that's also uh, a phrase that applies to them. But at the moment, I just think they have found a way to revisit the issues um, from that 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 stemmed from free agency. Now, it relies on a couple of factors. How much can their young guys play? Because they are going to ask some young guys now to step up into bigger roles. You have Flexer Clock still. You still have Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham, but you lose Javon Hargrave. Can Jordan Davis or can, uh, uh, obviously, Jalen Carter, can they fit that role quick enough and acclimate quick enough to the environment to where they can be immediate contributors and things like that? I think those are the questions the Eagles are going to have to answer. Answer. But somehow they retain both of their top cornerbacks. I mean, their defensive line is still pretty strong. They still have Josh Sweat. They still have Hassan Reddick. And they still have Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham from last year. That's four huge contributors from last year. And so I think that the infrastructure of that team is still pretty set in stone. We lost you. You're at the last couple of words. I don't know what. Infrastructure of that team pretty set in stone. Gotcha, yeah. And that's the thing is the Eagles, their core is still there, right? Their offensive line is the best in the, in the league by far. It's not close. And they got their offensive line. They replaced the starter with Tyler Steen in the third round, I believe. Um, no, second round. They took him in the second round. They yeah. Their safety um, with a starting safety, Sidney Brown in the third round. They get Keely Ringo to develop behind two good corners they have. Nolan Smith comes in, provides a little more juice on the outside. Jalen Carter. So, realistically, they got better depth-wise. Like, they really yeah, did. 100%. Um, and, 
but when you look at and then so when you look at the Niners, right? This question has been going on and it's been mentioned. Hasn't Shani shown he can win with almost any QB? No, he hasn't. And let me prove to you, he has C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was one who saw the most success. Brock Purdy recently saw some success. But when you have a quarterback who's limited in pocket mobility, pocket presence, awareness, stuff like that, you get key injuries to the quarterback position. That's why Brock Purdy got injured, and it sucks to say this, but when you watch Brock Purdy that game, when he got injured, he failed to step up into the pocket. I said plenty of plenty of times that Brock Purdy was failing to step up into the pocket, and it was going to cause the 49ers in the playoffs big sacks or big plays. Therefore, it ends up happening. Sadly, he gets hurt. Nick Mullins, a quarterback that has he the IQ, everyone's like, oh, my God, he could go back to Twitter timeline. 49er fan base was saying that the 49ers could trade Nick Mullins for a second-round pick at one point. That is a quarterback that we thought was, or the 49ers fan base thought was good, including myself. Right. After the first five games, I'm like, wow, this kid's good. Wasn't able to win with him. C.J. Beathard, a quarterback that Kyle drafted in the third round, wasn't able to win with him. So can Kyle's offense produce with any quarterback? Yes. Can Kyle's offense win with any quarterback? The answer is in the regular season, yes. In the playoffs, he has not shown to be able to win with just any quarterback. Or else he would have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he would have won with Brock Purdy last year. That's where I, I think... And yes, if you go, Gregus, if you go to Twitter, you go to Twitter, 49er fans believe they were able to trade Nick Mullins for a second round pick. That's how wild it got. That's how that conversation begun. If our quarterbacks are throwing 15 to 20 times, we're in trouble. Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy. I love him to death. I think he's a phenomenal running back. Can't stay healthy. CMC, if he's a workhorse, he has injury history. You do not want to overuse him until you get closer to the end of the season and into the playoffs. He's potentially another injury. Let's be, let's be realistic right now. If we're throwing the ball 15 to 20 times, we have a quarterback issue. It's, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but if we're throwing only 15 to 20 times, there's a quarterback issue. Um, I personally think the Eagles are the NFC favorites. And it's hard to not say they, they aren't. Receivers, they have a great receiving room. Running back, they have a decent running back room now that they have DeAndre Swift. They, they might even go and sign Dalvin Cook once he becomes a free agent. Man, that would be wild, yeah. They got a, an elite quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Offensive line's the best in the league. Their defensive front seven, the best in the league. Their, their D-line is the best in the league, and it's not close. I love the 49ers D-line, but the, the Eagles have a special D-line. So looking at it, Niners are tied for a second to win Super Bowl at Sportsbook. I give us the edge on our coaches. I love the Sportsbook, but the Sportsbook ain't playing. The coaches aren't playing. The quarterback is going to dictate how far you can go. We don't got that yet, man, and, and I hope I hope we could win. Um, I'm it's it bugs me that we don't win. But Rohan, when we look at everything, right? 
we have a quality team. It's not like we don't have a quality team. Right. But the reason why I put the Eagles over the 49ers as favorites right now is the uncertainty of at the quarterback position. Now, yeah. when we look at the best team in the NFC, top to bottom, Eagles might have the best roster. Top to Which bottom. Which is why I wouldn't be shocked with a repeat of the Super Bowl last year. Because both of those teams got more, not, I wouldn't say more talented, but remain fairly, fairly talented across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And when you, this is a great point. They have a new, de- a new defense coordinator, a new offense coordinator, but their offensive coaches, their head, their main offense coach is still there. Nick Sirianni still there. That offense ain't changing. I'm pretty sure their DC is also Jim Schwartz, a guy who's been there before in familiarity. I I could be wrong. I think they hired, or it was either Schwartz or they, no, no, no. They hired Sean Desai, I think. Who's on me? Sean Desai is pretty, pretty darn good. Um, and then their offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure, is Brian Johnson, who was the, uh, the hair successor. He was the quarterback's coach last year and is very well heralded in that uh in that in that locker room and so i don't know i don't know necessarily if there's going to be the drop off of obviously the big thing is i'm pretty sure steichen called plays and so that obviously you deal with hargraves with a question mark and that kind of leads me back to my earlier point right i think that team what really what really hinges on is how well do those young guys play and how immediate can they fill those roles because they have talent Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter can come in and fill that role. And those are two essentially top 10 talents from their draft picks, their first round picks. And they were considered, you know, top, I mean, potential generational talents uh, at their positions. And so they've got talent there. It's just how, how quickly can they acclimate to that system and environment? And that's the thing is they, they let Hargraves go. Went cheaper, went with Jalen Carter, who is a hell of a player, right? So when you're looking at looking at the, the just the Eagles in general, right? They have they have what it they have what it takes to win. A quarterback, great defensive line, great offensive uh, offensive line, good weapons to score the ball. I don't think they'll fall off much. Um, Cowboys, they got better on, on the defensive line, and the reason why is they just. Drafting Mozzie Smith, who I thought was a top 20 pick. I, I think Mozzie is a hell of a player. Um, could stop the run, could get after the quarterback. He's he's electric with a first step, his athleticism. Um, so that was a great, great address. And they understood that their lack of being able to stop the run has been a reason why they don't go far in the playoffs and why they get bullied by teams that are able to run the ball. So yeah. I was at the at the Cowboys, they got better too on offense. They signed Brandon Cooks to go with the the weapons they already have in um, CD Lamb. They also have uh, Michael Gallup that should be coming back second year back off a big injury. Uh, now I don't I still don't see the Cowboys as being that top team that's going to be better than the 49ers. They got better, but the 49ers are still big brother like. Let's be honest. They can't get past us. Um, and the reason is, is their quarterback situation. Dak Prescott, 
gets flustered against the 49ers for some reason. I don't know what it is, but every time he faces the 49ers, he gets very flustered. He's turnover worthy. Um, a lot of interceptions last year. Um, do you think the the Cowboys are a team that could potentially be the favorites to win the NFC? No, I, I don't. I just think when you talk about winning the NFC, at least especially in the regular season, they, they're in a tough division. They've got three playoff teams in that division last year. And while I don't know if there will be three this year, I mean, you've got three teams who won 10 games last year in that division. I think it's tough, especially when you have the Philadelphia Eagles. And remember, only one of those three teams, well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply mainly two teams can win the division and get get home field advantage. Um, and so if Dallas is embarking on a path like last year where they're uh, playing in the wild card but on the road, I don't know how many road games in a row they can win before, you know, before their luck have eventually runs out. Last year they were able to beat Tampa Bay on the road last year, obviously came to Levi's, weren't able to pull it out. I, I just think it's tough to win three straight games on the road if – they're going to be that fifth, sixth, seventh seed, um, which seems like it could be the case with Philly, obviously, in the division. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you when you look at Dallas, they're four and four on. They were four and four last year on the road, I believe. Niners were, I believe, five and three um, on the road. Um, and what I and what that means is defenses and the run games travel well. Like if you don't, if you can't run the ball and you can't play defense. You're going to struggle on the road, and that's why Philadelphia was seven and one on the road last year. They right. were better on the road than they were at home. They were seven and two, well, technically because of the extra game. All the same, probably, yeah. yeah. So they're pretty much the same on the on the. But road. regardless, I mean, that's very impressive to be seven and one on the road. Um, 
let's take a look at a couple other teams that got better, um, gave the Niners some fits. Um, Seattle Seahawks. I know fans were like, okay, oh, well, fits. They realistically, the Seattle Seahawks are gonna give us fits. They got much better in the draft. They got better in terms of the continuity of being there, having the same quarterback there. Their receivers got better. Um, talk to me about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, do you think they could knock the 49ers off of even the NFC West? And if that happens, then how do the 49 how are the 49ers favorites to win the NFC? Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, you gotta you gotta first talk about their free agency, right? I like their free agency. I mean, they didn't really lose too many big options uh, in free agency, I'd say. I, I don't think that there were too many um, they had that I thought were necessarily, like, integral to their to their system. Um, maybe the safety from last year. But overall, I mean, when you look at it, they brought in Julian Love, who I, who I like. They brought in Bobby Wagner, a guy who can slot in alongside Jordan Brooks, at least be serviceable. I'm not the biggest Bobby Wagner guy, but he can at least be serviceable. And then the big one was Draymond Jones. I mean, even if he got overpaid, solid fit for the system and at least is uh, a top role player there on the edge that can provide them uh, some emphasis there. But, I mean, you got to talk about their draft, right? You got two top talents in the draft. At five, you get a corner in Devin Witherspoon. He immediately is a day one starter. Then you get a uh, obviously the top receiver in the class in our eyes in Jackson Smith and Jigba. That just furthers your offense and makes it easier for Geno Smith. And then at 37, I think they took Derek Hall, uh, defensive end, another guy who shores up the defense. Just overall a fairly solid class for Seattle. And yeah, they are definitely improving. They capitalized on the cap space they had. And I think that, I mean, it, it looks good. And the last point that I'll say about Seattle, look at where they are on a schedule. They're in the toughest stretch of our schedule in weeks 12 to 14. We mm-hmm. travel on the road in week 12 on a Thursday night to go face the Seattle Seahawks at Lumen Field. Then after travel, we get extra days, but we have to travel to Philly and face them in the link and then come back and face Seattle again at home. I think that that's a really tough stretch um, that'll really test the 49ers. Absolutely. When you look at C- Seattle, right? So not only did they address areas that they needed, their two offensive tackles last year, two of the those two dudes could ball. Um, they're going to be in their second year. They're only going to get better. They were phenomenal last year. Um, that means the better they get, the better Geno should be able to get because you'll have more time. Not only that, Kenneth Walker will be in his second year. He's not going to be have to be the workhorse anymore because they picked up a running back that is going to make it very difficult. Zach Carbonet, right? Big body, big runner, um, loves to loves to lower his shoulders and get mean and dirty. And when you look at what Carbonet provides to the Seattle Seahawks, essentially what is going on here is Pete Carroll understood, hey, when I had Marshawn Lynch, we were able to dominate because I didn't have to have Russ Cook, right? That was the biggest thing is, oh, let Russ Cook, let Russ Cook, let Russ Cook, right? Everyone kept saying this. Now, the biggest thing is they're going to go run heavy. 
Kenneth Walker, a six foot one, two twenty pound running back with Carbonet, they're going to dominate in the run game. That's where they're going, which then makes it much easier because in the past game, when you have weapons like uh maybe DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, uh, they also have a short guy named Tyler Lockett, right? They have a lot of weapons on offense, right? Um, so now this is where it's going to be very interesting on how they fare up and match up with the 49ers in the sense of they have the weapons, they have the run game. Defensive line should get better with Derek Hall. Um, defensively is where they're, they're going to struggle still. But they're going to give us problems. They're going to give us problems for sure. It's going to, it's going to be a very tough matchup. Uh, Pete Carroll knows how to coach against us. We know how to coach against them. That's going to be interesting for me to see. And the one thing I'll say about uh, them as well is when you talk about the, what do you call it, the running attack, Rashad Penny is a guy who they lost, a guy who was uh, obviously injured a good amount. But Rashad Penny overall, I mean, when you, when you, when you talk about Rashad Penny, like he averaged 6.1, 6.3 yards per carry in the two years that he was here. He was very efficient. And I think obviously now that you lost him, you replicate the essentially production that he has with Jack's, Zach Charbonnet. You've got another nice one-two punch. And so I think that they can keep the offensive identity they had last year. And again, we beat the Seahawks twice last year. Once on the road, obviously, once on a Thursday night at home. Are we saying that we're going to lose to Seattle twice this year? Not at all. But I do think that they're a team that, once again, you got to keep your eye on um, because of how it how it's been. So Greg just goes on and says, I don't see any team running the ball in the 49ers. Well, the 49ers are, I believe, seventh or eighth last year in rush yards per game given up. Um, this year, they're going to have Javon Hargrave, yes, he's an upgrade in the in pass pro. He's not an upgrade in, in stopping the run. He's not a great run defender for being 100% honest. He's not the best at stopping the run. You also have guys on the outside, Drake Jackson. Fortnite's didn't let him play much because he couldn't stop the run. So realistically, is the Fortnite's might have gotten weaker stopping the run because of what they let go. Right, some of their defensive linemen that, that, that signed other places um, were valuable players in stopping the run. So the 49ers are going to have to figure out where, how they're going to stop the run because realistically, they give up 100 and I want to say 110, 115 yards per game um, to opposing rush offenses. So that's where I think the Niners got to figure out uh, can Drake Jackson be better against the run? Uh, Javon Hargrave, can he step up and play the run? Um, you got to play the run and get after the quarterback. The Rocky Mountain Razorback, um, pretty cool name. I like that name. Um, I know we will beat them at least once. Another sweep may not be in the cards, though. Yeah, I think we'll beat them, but they're going to give us issues. They're going to give us trouble. And when a team gives you trouble, what happens is one of those games during that stretch could be an upset. Like, even though we're a better team, they could upset us. They're a good team. They were in the playoffs last year for a reason. They could play ball, um, and they're coached well. Um, a healthy Armstead, Armstead will stop the run. I hope can Armstead play all five, all four positions on the D line because if he can, yeah, 
that'd be pretty that'd be pretty crazy because last time I checked, we've got two other positions that are either Drake Jackson or a rookie defensive end or defensive end they brought in this year. And then the other defensive tackle spot, Javon Hargrave, he wasn't great against the run. So the 49ers run game defensively isn't going to be the best. And so I, I do wonder what the versatility is because you've got a lot of defensive tackle options, a lot. And I think that that's one of the deeper rooms. You've maybe got six guys that you can have on this 53-man roster that can really compete. And so do they slide uh, Armstead out? Do they maybe have uh, Hargrave be more situational? How do they fit it and get the four best run defenders out there? Because last year the 49ers had a pretty, pretty set base base defense. Ebukam on the outside, Bosa on the outside, Armstead on the inside, and then Kinlaw or one of the uh, rotational guys like Kevin Givens on the inside. And so they had a set kind of group. This year, I think there might be a little more change. You still have Bosa, you still have Armstead, but could you kick Armstead out because you might not be as surefire about Drake Jackson's uh, run defending skills? And then have two different defensive tackles on the inside. Do you keep Armstead in? How do, how does it go? That's what I'm worrying. Uh, not worrying, but interested to see, at least in the offseason. Now, what they should do realistically, Kalia Davis. I was high. I remember last year, I thought Kalia Davis was coming back, and I thought that would yeah. be a huge boost to the run defense. Um, you put him at at, the, at that defensive tackle spot. Hopefully, Javon Kinlaw doesn't allow that. Where Javon Kinlaw steps up. Um, could be a, a factor where you could play Arik Armstead outside, um, play him at that not that edge uh, position. And you would have Jav- Javon uh, Kinlaw inside, um, and your weakest link would be Hargrave next to Bosa uh, or Kalia Davis next to Bosa when it's rundowns or run situations. Um, so, realistically, do the Niners get better this year? I'm going to go on and say no, right? Um, I'm going to say no, we didn't get better. I think we have the same roster. Um, Quarterback-wise, we don't know. Realistically, we don't know what we have. We don't know if if Purdy's coming back from that UCL injury. We don't know if Trey Lance is going to be a star or if he's going to be terrible. Um, Sam Darnold. I'm not betting on that one. I've seen that 55 times. I'm not going to go there. Um, offensive line, Mike McGlinchey, I think, is better than Colton McKivitz. And I'm not a fan of McGlinchey. I think McGlinchey was terrible. Um, we also got to see, take a look at defensively, losing Jimmy Ward is a big loss. Um, losing... Uh, uh, your third linebacker, someone's going to have to slot in there. So, realistically, they didn't get better. They got older and wiser. Um, the receiving room is the same for the most part. Tight end room might have gotten better. Um, do I think Kalia Davis – so, shout-out to my Uncle Pat. Uh, what up, my man? Uh, you think Kalia Davis will make an impact this year? I think he's the wild card on the team. I think Kalia Davis makes an impact on the roster. I think he'll be – a DJ Jones type of player for the 49ers in the sense of stopping the run and giving more than, than we could expect um, from the pass rush standpoint. Greg is, he is not better than Nickelback. No, he's not better than Jimmy Ward. Rohan, you could take this one. Do you think uh, 
Isaiah Oliver is better as a nickelback than Jimmy Ward? No, not a chance. I mean, Jimmy Ward is one of the best nickelbacks in the league. He was a top three nickelback, I'd say, at times in the league. Last year especially, he was strong. Um, is he a maybe a more suitable nickelback? Maybe you could make that argument because Jimmy Ward's safety, he said it himself. He'll be more willing to play the position, more suitable maybe for it. But Jimmy Ward's a guy who was very underappreciated during his time here. And I think that he's going to be a very good talent in, in Houston. And while maybe he's maybe the argument is that he's more effective when utilized situationally in a nickelback role as opposed to all the time in a nickelback role. But I do think Jimmy Ward is still a better nickelback than Isaiah Oliver. I mean, if Isaiah Oliver was a better nickel a nickel corner than than uh, Jimmy Ward, then he would have gotten signed much faster. Much and he would have also not made just two and a half million dollars as a twenty five year old on this deal. He would have. He would have. Jimmy Ward got seven million as a thirty two year old, and a guy with injury issues that is as well. Isaiah Oliver got a one year, two and a half million dollar contract later on. And and Wilkes should say this. Wilkes should say, I think Isaiah Oliver is much better. I think Isaiah Oliver is a, a pro bowler, and I think he's 10 times better than Jimmy Ward. Steve Wilkes should say that. That's coach talk. That's a coach talking up his player, giving him some confidence. Hey, you're better than that pro bowler. You're better than that, that guy right there, Jimmy Ward, that just left. You're better than him. That is what a coach does, right? Like a coach isn't going to be like, oh, we lost Jimmy Ward. I don't know who's going to play nickel. Uh, hopefully someone could play nickel for us because uh, we're going to struggle at, at that nickel spot. No, Coach Wilkes is doing what a coach does. Just like most coaches do. They talk up their player that they just signed um, or they just drafted. I don't think he's a better nickel corner than than uh, uh, Jimmy Ward. And, and I hope he plays better. He's on the Niners. I hope he does play better. I hope you're right. I hope he plays better. Um, Rohan, final prediction. Do the Niners, and then not even a prediction, do the Niners win the NFC, and are they back in the Super Bowl during the 2023 season? That's a tough one, obviously. We've seen the issues over the last few years. At the moment, you know what? I'll go with yes. I'm normally more on the reserve side. I've, I mean, I was you the one who are. said that. I was the one who said the Eagles would beat the 49ers. But I feel strongly about this roster. And despite all of the uncertainty, I actually have a good feeling about the quarterback situation. I have an understanding that it's going to get figured out regardless. And I think with the amount of options they have, I think they, they're going to be able to get the guy that they eventually pick is going to be serviceable enough to where they're able to make a, a long run. Now, do I believe they'll win the Super Bowl? Not too sure. But Later. I think that they've got a good chance to compile a solid enough record to where they can put themselves in a favorable situation come playoff time and get to the Super Bowl at least. This is hard for me because I – do you think the 49ers have the roster to get to the NFC Championship and make a deep run in the playoffs? They have they have the roster, right? But what's holding me back is I don't like looking at things and 
not knowing who my quarterback is yet, right? Like it's kind of making like it's kind of being blindfolded and making prediction, right? Like in the sense of I love that you said yes, because I do think the 49ers have the talent and have the roster to be in the Super Bowl. But if you told me, hey, Marco, uh, Sam Darnold or, or Brock Purdy are the starting quarterbacks of the future and those are the guys that we're rolling with, I'm going to say no immediately. <laughs> Sam Darnold isn't good. Um, and I hope he makes me eat my words if he has to start. I don't think he's good. Brock Purdy, I don't think he's good enough. He's a good quarterback, but not good enough. Being good enough makes mean you could get to the Super Bowl, you could win it. Um, I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he has a talent um, to make those throws or to navigate the pocket um, in the playoffs. Those are two different things. That's fair, yeah. You could be a great quarterback in the regular season, but come playoff time, you got to have the special attributes, um, whether that's IQ, whether that's pocket awareness to get to, to get away from sacks, arm strength. I don't see him having that. And I said that every game we saw him play, even though he was winning, I would say, hey, that's great. He We won. But when I watched the tape, it didn't look like that. And I kept saying over and over and over again, the little tendencies of rolling left, belling out of a clean pocket, those those don't win you games. And it looks cool, but those don't win you games. And it's the re- same reason why I believe Josh Allen is struggling right now. He keeps he does the same thing. He bells and, and he but he has the talent to do that. Purdy doesn't have the talent and the arm strength to do that. So I'm gonna go no. I don't think the Niners are in the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold are, are the quarterback. Now Trey Lance, I'm still gonna say no. I know some of you are like, oh, if Trey Lance is starting, Marco must think we're in the Super Bowl. No. His first full first full year starting, I don't know what he is. I'm not gonna say yes yet. Now, let me see him in camp. Let me see these quarterbacks in camp when I'm there in person and I'm watching them every day in camp. And then I'll tell you if we'll be in the Super Bowl or not. Because that's what dictates whether we're a Super Bowl team, the quarterback. We have everything else, the coaching staff, the running backs, receiving room, offense line is good enough, defense is great. After I see the quarterback position in camp, I'll make that prediction. Rohan, he didn't really want to make the prediction. I could tell. Um, but I did, so I'm going to stand on it for a while, you know. I'm going to stand I, I on could, it, I'm going to stand on it. And and I tip my cap to you because I could tell right away you're like, I don't normally do this, but I thanks for pigeonholing me. Now I have to answer a question. That was hey, a, man. exactly how you reacted. I didn't want to have to, I didn't want you to have to answer if you didn't want to answer. Um, but, but we good, and we got a final question before we head on out from Patolo Hammer. I want you to answer this because I know you've – uh, talked about this a bit. What are you thinking? Um, I'm gonna 100% go Trey Lance. Like, there's no question, ands, ifs, or buts about it. Um, it's funny because some. If you guys follow me, follow me at, uh, on Twitter at Mark underscore Mark 1205. Um, you know, I I tweet, I text Jesse Naylor. Uh, I was like, hey, bro, this is what I heard. I heard Trey Lance has looked the best he's ever looked since he was became a 49er. Next thing you know, Kyle Shanahan said the same thing at um, some like little – I forgot what it was. I don't know what it was. All I know was a, a um, fundraiser activity they were doing for the 49ers. Um, Kyle Shanahan confirms that. Um, they confirmed that his mechanics look much better, like his mechanics from working with um, uh, uh, – what's uh, Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach? I, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. 
Jeff Christensen. Christensen. I was going to say Christian. Uh, Christensen. Um, the the different the it can and, and Greg it could be coach speak, but I heard this from people that are not coaches um, that are. I've heard it from multiple people, a player, and I've heard it from a, a couple of guys in the front office. So it wasn't just coach saying it. I've heard it from a player. A player was like, dude, this is the best he's ever looked. He's hitting insane throws, deep, tight throws, and OTA. Um, he's making the easy throws. He's not selling passes. I'm like, damn. Like, is this a new quarterback? Because I know when I saw him, you and I saw him in camp, he would sell easy throws. The easier throws, he would sell sometimes. He would make the phenomenal throw, but he was still selling the, the easier throws. So I've heard it from Coach Shanahan. I've heard it from a, a player and a couple guys in the front office. And to me, I'm like, man, that sounds pretty cool because Trey worked with uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be working alongside Josh Allen at tight end U with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and all those guys. He could learn something from Josh Allen. Learn something from Patrick Mahomes. You take that, add it to your game, get better. I think he's going to be a much better quarterback. And I have much more faith in him than Sam Donald. I've seen Sam Donald for 55 games, wherever the games may be, turnover worthy, fumbles the ball, sees ghosts. I don't want a quarterback that sees ghosts, bro. Like, when you say, I'm seeing ghosts, it's like, that's the point where, like, you don't know what you're looking at. You don't, you're so confused by the coverages that you're, you're starting to see extra players that are, that are not there. Um, so for me, I'm much more comfortable going into the season with Trey Lance. I think he starts week one. I think he does really well. I don't think he gives up that job. I think it's Trey Lance's job to lose um, because I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be um, back on the field by week one. Yeah. Okay, I'm under. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I agree. You talk about Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, right? As for the most faith, I've got to go with the guy who I believe can put out the better product on the field. Sam Darnold, you, you talked about the 55 games. So I think right now I've got more faith in Trey Lance. Does that mean that my faith in Sam Darnold can't waver? No. If I see Sam Darnold in training camp, obviously, and he, pre- he looks to be a better quarterback than what his game film has shown, my opinion may change. But at the moment, I'm more confident right now in Trey Lance. And as for the locker room, I think they would. I honestly think they would. I think they've been under a lot of turnover uh, quarterback controversy over the past few years that they would accept whoever is really at the quarterback help. Why wouldn't they? I mean, realistically, why wouldn't they? If Kyle comes to them and is like, hey, our quarterback's Trey Lance, why wouldn't they? You drafted him. If I'm George Kittle, I'm whoever, Fred Warner, and I'm on the team like, yeah, no sh- no shit he's your quarterback. You drafted him third overall. He looks good in practice. We see it. Why wouldn't he be the quarterback? Of course they would accept him. Um, unless there's some other issue where that we don't know about. But, yeah, they would. I, I think they really would. Um, yeah. Even though Brock Purdy's won, won eight in a row, I know it's mentioned by a couple players, hey, he's won eight in a row. He deserves to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, he he's earned that ability to say, hey, I should – be the starting quarterback. But if Trey Lance comes in and he lights up OTAs, lights up um, training camp, and he looks the part, why wouldn't they be sold? Like, they would accept him. They would. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think that, you know, that's the point. He has to light it up. And 
essentially he's not only trying to win his job, he's trying to convince the coaching staff, but also his teammates that he's the quarterback that they anticipated he could be. So that's it for today's show. If you were wondering whether we think the 49ers are contenders or pretenders, we both think they're contenders. They're not pretenders. But will they be in the Super Bowl? That's a different we both didn't see mm-hmm. there. But However, Rohan will probably have a different answer when it comes training camp and we actually dive, di- dive deep into whether we think that. It might be different. I know right now he gave a different answer. I gave a different answer. They both might be different once we get to the regular season and we actually sit down and really look at that. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe to Clutch Gene Sports, Rohan's personal channel. Uh, follow Rohan at, on Twitter at Rohan Chakrar. Anything else you got to say, Rohan? Nah, man, it was a great episode. Clutch Gene Sports, we were back today. And, I mean, we're going to be back with some content uh, throughout the offseason. It's going to be a fun one. OTA starting right now, so we've got, you know, a good amount going on. We'll hope the 49ers keep blessing us with some news. But, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in and for all your comments today. Absolutely. The comments were phenomenal. Uh, Lakers in five. Uh, the GOAT gets his fifth. Uh, actually, you better hope that they could get past the Nuggets because I don't think they're going to get past the Nuggets. Hey, thank you, Greg, for all the comments, brother. appreciate you. Um, you all have a blessed night. Go 49ers as always. Love you all. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.